Hi. Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. I was live at Tavern United for the show. Look back at the crazy Scotty's final in Gimli. An update on my rink journey around the city. And I got up early to watch the Australian Open. Kind of messed up with my sleep schedule. That's all on the podcast. Time for some nachos. On the weekend, Australian Open, I mentioned on the show last week that uh, I got up in 2012 real early to watch the final between Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal, and it was a five-hour, 53-minute match, and I did it again. I set my alarm clock, 2.30, I woke up Sunday morning, and the match took two hours, and it was maybe the most dominant tennis I'd ever seen. Djokovic just destroyed Nadal, and he had 23 unforced errors in the last three matches combined. It was an amazing level of tennis. Uh, The women's match was a lot more tense, with Naomi Osaka trying to win back-to-back majors. She had match point in the second set, and she basically melted down emotionally, but she rallied to win the match. First Asian tennis player to become number one in the world. Uh, public speaking, though, uh, it's still not her forte, as we hear in the post-title press conference. I forgot to smile. <laughs> I was told to smile, and I didn't. I was panicking. Yeah, I mean, I haven't celebrated yet. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you guys want to celebrate with me... <laughs> You know, the frontal cortex of your brain hasn't even finished growing yet. You're using a lot of big words here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> In the third set of my match today, I I literally just tried to turn off all my feelings. I just felt kind of hollow, like I was a robot, sort of, and I was just executing my orders. So of course I would love to be better at talking, but... In the first place, I don't even talk normally. Like, in my day-to-day, I, I might speak like 10 sentences. So, honestly. Uh. That is uh, really an awkward player who, at talking, but an amazing player on the court at tennis. Naomi Osaka winning back-to-back majors. So, uh, one note on the Canadian scene. Bianca Andreescu won her first career women's tour title. And because she did that, she moved up enough spot in the rankings to pass Eugenie Bouchard. And that kind of goes to show you where Bouchard's tennis game is at right now. Yesterday afternoon in Gimli, a provincial title and a trip to Nova Scotia was on the line. On one side, Carrie Anderson and her super team of skips, the hometown gal with the crowd behind her. On the other end, Tracy Fleury, an import from Sudbury, Ontario, now in charge of the team Anderson left behind. And it was a dream start for the home side. Precision play to snag a five-ender, an early 5-1 lead after two, but it's a 10-end game, and the trailing skip knew there was still time. Not an ideal start, um, but if you're going to give up a big end, you want it early in the game, so we knew we still had lots of time to fight back, and we did that. Just had to be patient and just chip away at it slowly. We knew we weren't going to get it all back at once, but just focused on making our shots. We've all been playing this game for a while, and uh, it's not the first time we've given up an early lead, so you learn from it, and uh, just try to stay calm and just focus on your shot making. Second Liz Fife agreed. Yeah, that's exactly what we said after the second end. We said, okay, it's really early. We have eight ends left. Let's just get our two back and go from there. The math was simple. You get a deuce, hold to a single, but three in the fifth, and bang, they're tied. 
You'd hope by the 10th you could claw back, but be honest, Liz. You, did you think the deficit would be gone at the break? Absolutely not, no. I, but it was a big momentum shift, I think, with the three-ender, and then we were back to even at five, and we said let's just give her for the last five ends here and see what we can do. So what was said during the break, Selena Negevin? We're tied now. It's a five-end game, so let's just have the best five games of our or five ends of our life here and put everything together, and it, it worked out. Things continued to unravel for Anderson's side. The skip... Coming up way light on a draw in the sixth to allow a steal of two. And now Flurry was winning. Well, well, well. How the turntables. After a deuce in eight gave Flurry a 10-7 lead, Anderson was left with a draw against three. Again, coming up way light, and it was handshakes. Flurry was a Manitoba champion. It was definitely like bigger, like more teams, tough competition. Um, just had like a, it kind of felt like a mini kind of Scotties, like uh, kind of had that vibe. And it was nice to be able to play in an arena. I think that's good uh, preparation for when we head off to the Nationals. It'll be different. Yeah, looking forward to it though. Yeah, not the color I'm used to, but I'll wear it proudly. <laughs> this will be the third set of colors that Fleury will wear at our National Championship. Ontario's black, white, and red in 2012, before Northern Ontario was added to the Scotties. She wore the green and yellow for the North in 2015, as well as last year. And now, it's white and yellow. It's the second time winning Manitoba for the rest of the team, and they're pumped, including lead Kristen McCush shouting over some bagpipes. It's uh, hard to put into words. Um, I don't think it's exactly set in yet. Um, having to fight our way back in that game was was really hard, um, but we stuck in there, um, but it definitely feels really good. Uh, we're super excited, yeah. Wearing the buffalo is uh, one of the best feelings ever, so we're really, really excited to do it. It's amazing, to be honest. Um, last time that I was one, my dad was here, and, and this time he's not, so that's a little bit hard when I think about that part, but it's just amazing to be following in his footsteps. He won it three times, and this is my second time, so it just it feels awesome. So you got one more to go. Yeah. One more, and then hopefully maybe a couple more after that too. <laughs> He'd just be so excited for me, and he knows the yeah he knows the feeling. So he was just always really happy for all our success. Liz Fife referring to her late father Vic Peters there, a Manitoba Curling Hall of Famer who passed away in 2016. Now, of course, these three were at the Scotties last year, just as the wild card with Anderson. We loved being the wild card team last year. It was really fun, and it was something new. And but it's it's amazing to be able to go there and be like, we're going to be here for the full ten days. You know, we had no idea what to expect last time, and it's really just awesome to represent your province. Going to the wild card game, it's a, an emotional roller coaster doing that. So it's nice to have your spot, and you're there for the week, and you don't just go for the day and see everyone so excited. You're there, and you're the excited one. So yeah, no, it's going to be good. And it is the wild card route that Anderson will again have to navigate against either Rachel Holman if she somehow doesn't win Ontario, or Alberta's Casey Scheidegger. Now I'm going to have to start thinking about that, but that's okay. Um, we'll uh, gear up for that um, after the Skins game. Yeah. We've had a great season to get ourselves into that position, so that's all we could ask for, and we get a second chance. Still got the Skins game next week, and uh, we're really looking forward to that. I'm bringing my girls with me, so it'll be lots of fun. It's fun being Team Wildcard, so I'd love to do it again. What we learned during that post-match scrum is that Carrie lost both her grandfather on her dad's side, as well as a good friend during the week. She was um, a resident at work, and she loved curling, and she had a long, hard battle with MS, and she was very young. She was just late 50s, so yeah, I grew. She was at my battle for about um, 
would say 10 months and I really got to know her and she's a community uh, person so and all their family was here all week supporting me even though they're going through a tough time and I just really want them to know that I was thinking of them as well. But about that final, what happened? Yeah, we just kind of just lost our feel a bit. Um, and that happens, like we knew we couldn't hold that lead after the second hand for the whole game. We really tried hard and you know, I'm truly proud of my team. Like they're just tremendous and really amazing and very supportive. I'm very lucky to have them as my teammates. It's no secret that her former teammates are now the champs, but if you ask them if playing against Kerry meant anything extra, they were quick to shoot down that notion. No, you know what, like we're going to be playing against her for the next 10 years to come, so it didn't matter who we were playing today. I mean, it, yeah, it's a little bit of a weird situation, but it happens all the time in curling, so we got to get used to it. It's not really any different than any other team. I know we played together for a very long time, but um, you kind of have to put that stuff behind you and just focus on your new team, and this is our team now. We're Team Trace Flurry, so we don't really focus on who we're playing ever anyways. So this was another game for players we were playing against, and we just want to win for ourselves, right? It doesn't matter who we're playing. If we were playing anyone else, we still would be as happy to win Manitoba, right? So, yeah, we're just excited to be to have won that game. So how has the team dynamic changed with Flurry at the helm? We've had a little bit of an up and down year, so this win is huge for our team. Um, it's a big confidence boost, and we've kind of just been trying to find our groove all year, so to be able to come out and win an event like this with her is, it's amazing. It's a great start. She keeps me really calm. Like, she's very positive influence, and like, after I missed that double, she came down to the timeout and was like, don't worry, like, you'll get it and like just kind of calm me down to like like breathe like it's fine like don't worry about it she's never ever put pressure on me whenever I've missed or anything which is which is something you need to skip right so yeah she's been amazing of course it's changed a little bit different personalities of course um just trying to you know get to know each other getting to know Tracy um we're treating it as a new a brand new team right even though it's just one person but um yeah, so we're really happy with, with how this is going so far. And the new skip? I was so happy. Yeah, yeah. It's been a great season with them, and we've just kind of been building towards this. It's one of our big goals, so yeah, it feels great. And now they get to head to Nova Scotia, emerging from the deepest provincial tournament in the country. Which isn't to say that it gets any easier at the Scotties in Sydney starting February 16th. After all, there is that other team from Manitoba looming wearing Team Canada jackets. You know, Jennifer Jones, heard of her? Like many men, I often don't take care of things that need to be fixed until after it starts to hurt or I should have done it before. And what I'm talking about in this case is moisturization. It's cold out. And when you're playing a lot of outdoor hockey, your skin dries. And I'm wearing gloves, yet, but I still got a little bit of a split on my right thumb. And I am eating nachos at Tavern United, and my thumb is throbbing from the salt and the uh, jalapeno peppers, or as many white people try to say, jalapeno peppers. But that's not really a big problem. But the journey for me to skate at every outdoor rink, I'm at 37 out of 77, so I'm right at the halfway point. I learned today that it is 77 and not 78. Well, technically yesterday, but I went to Garden City because I was told that I don't think they have a rink. The boards are up, but I took a look, and there's just feet of snow inside the board. So today I gave them a call, and I said, so you guys got a rink this, or what? And they said, we are not. We didn't do it this year. So cross that off the list. The online database is wrong again. 
So it's 77 rinks that I have to go to. So I tried to go to four today, but I ended up just doing two. Kirkfield, Westwood, on McBay, I went. They have three rinks there. One was kind of plowed off, so I just skated around on that for about 20 minutes. I even bought a shovel today, knowing that it snowed a bunch last night, so these rinks are probably going to be covered. Then I went to the main site of Kirkfield Westwood, and there was a sign that said no outdoor skating because it was too cold. And I obliged. I said, okay. Then I went to Assiniboine West Community Club, and there was gates up. It was under construction, so that's two in a row. It was no dice. And then I went to the Morgan site of Assiniboine West, and it was covered in snow. So what did I do? Jumped on my skates, grabbed my shovel that was a little small, $10, what it paid for. So shoveled off a little swath, played for half an hour. And then I had to go to work. So I'm at 37. I did not do anything Saturday or Sunday or most of last week when the weather wasn't so dang cold. I feel almost like I have to do it. If I go a day without skating outside, I feel like I've, I'm falling way behind. The reality is I've got at least a solid month, and I'm halfway there, and we're not even through January. But once you get to February and the end of February, you're like, well, oh, are we going to be able to do this all? Plus... It was easy when all the rinks were right by where I live or where I work. Now I gotta go to the southern part of the city. I gotta go to Transcona. I gotta go all over. Basically, east of the Red River is 90% of the rinks I have left. I'm gonna get to them. It's gonna cost a little more in gas. I'm starting to realize my 2005 Neon is losing its fuel efficiency. But I do want to get this done. Someone asked me if I'm gonna go skating tomorrow when it's minus 30 and uh, no. The answer is no. I like being tough and building myself up as a tough guy, but it's okay to sit that one out. My gloves aren't good enough. My f- fingers will f- fall off. Ron, did you but people will be working outside in that condition. So The goal is still there, and I feel confident I'm going to reach it. We will find out. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes.